Good morning. All right. Is everybody awake this morning? Either some of you are meditating on that song or you're preparing for the message. <laughs> Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter number one. And uh, I apologize to all my uh, pastoral friends and preacher friends that are among us today. Uh, this is not a traditional message. Uh, I, I just want to share my heart, maybe share a few things that God's doing in our ministry, um, and uh, really just encourage many of you uh, this morning about the area of church planning and what God wants to do and what God is doing. Um, let me, before we get started, uh, let me just uh, mention to you, I was on the phone with Sam this morning, and uh, he is, the kid's amazing. <laughs> um, it's exciting just to talk to somebody that, in, even in the midst of something very serious, um, he's just, you know, pastor's just so burdened. You know, around the corner of my, my room here is a, another person, and they've got, you know, cancer, and they're, they're going to die. And, uh, you know, my nurse came in the other night, and I found out, you know, talking to her about what God was doing in my life, found out she's a Christian, and we talked about Jesus for a while, and just thinking, man, he's got something. And uh, I'm pray for him, though. He asked for a prayer. Um, he, uh, I'm going to get this right. Um, his platelet level is, uh, is really low. And uh, the doctors won't let him leave his room, I guess, at this point. So they asked if, he, if you all would just pray for him that his platelet level would go up. And he said he needs to get it above a positive one. And I'm not sure exactly what that all means. But um, it's an immune system thing. So right now he's super susceptible to sickness and illness. So they got to keep him kind of isolated uh, with the chemo. So he started chemo last week. And... Uh, um, he did like two rounds just in last week, and I saw him after both of them, and he was doing just fine. He got to shave his head Friday night, and uh, he's hoping that his hair won't fall out. Uh, he's going to take some supplements to help, uh, help, him, help his immune system at the same time. Um, but uh, we shaved his head, and we had fun doing that. And uh, <laughs> we made a mess all over his room, and then his nurse came in, and, and uh, I got to share my testimony with his nurse and find out that she's, she's born again. She goes to a brother in church there in town. And uh, she's like, I just don't get it. She goes, uh, we've got another church in town that we don't fellowship with. And it's all because they've got a piano and we don't. <laughs> and I said, can you sing? And she's like, yeah, we, we sing a cappella at all of our services. So that's amazing. You don't want to hear us do that in this, in this room. But <laughs> anyway, but Sam's doing really good. Pray for his platelet count. And uh, he'd like to go home. They, they said that he might be able to go home this week, but now with this, they're probably going to have to keep him a little longer, and uh, um, at least through the first round of all the chemo that he's got. And I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but he's excited to get back to church and looking forward to it, so he asked if he would pray, pray for him. All right, we're in the book of Acts. We're in chapter number one. I want to read a verse uh, here, and then, uh, um, and then we're going to talk about um, what uh, God is doing in my life and what God should be doing in your life. And... Uh, um, what God's doing around the world. God's doing some pretty amazing things. Do you agree? I was, uh, I get in front of our church, you know, every Sunday, at least twice, and uh, then on, on Wednesday nights and we visit, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm just thrilled with God, what God's doing in our ministry. But I'm even more thrilled as I hear what's going on in our world. And, uh, you know, I, I try to be encouragement to our church, you know, that it's not doom and gloom out there, you know. It's actually pretty exciting to be a Christian, did you know? And that God is doing some pretty amazing things. 
You know, I told our church on Sunday, you know, there's a really interesting page in the Bible. Did you know that? It's this one right here. It's that page between the Old Testament and the New. That's blank. And that should be a reminder to all of us who sit here today in the uh, 2000 and going on 17, uh, you know, at the tail end of 2016, that there was a time in the history of the world where God didn't say a thing. And God's not only talking today, we have the opportunity to walk with him, and we have the opportunity to see him do some pretty amazing things. We're in Acts chapter 1. Is that where you are? Okay, good. I thought we were going that way. Um, <clears throat> let's look at verses 7 and 8, and then um, I'm going to talk about church planning. That's what we're going to do here this morning. And normally I don't use the word talk. I like to use the word preach, but now I'm a pastor, so we talk. And uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm getting ruined. And he said unto them, And it's not for you to know the times uh, or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the earth. And uh, let's pray here, and we'll get started. <clears throat> Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together in this context, in this setting. Lord, thank you for the young people that are gathered before us today, uh, who in many ways have submitted their lives to serving you in the great cause of evangelism and revival around the world. Lord, they just want to walk with you. I pray today that you'd use what you're doing in my life to be a help to them. And uh, Lord, I'm praying for the men that are here today that you're calling even to the ministry of church planning. And Lord, I believe that there's not just one, but there's a handful, if not more than that here, that uh, you're talking to them about church planning. And I pray today uh, that you'd help them uh, just through my testimony to be a little clearer about what you're doing in their life. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, um, church is an amazing thing. Um, I'm finding uh, a lot of Christians out there misunderstand what church is. Um, I was having a conversation on Saturday with a, uh, with a friend of mine, and he was telling me that he, he's not really committed to church. And I'm like, oh, okay, why not? He goes, because I just don't believe we need to go to a building. And I said, oh, that's great, but church isn't a building. It's a group of people uh, that are gathered together, and we talked about, you know, the, those fascinating Greek words that all of you are learning, I'm sure, you know, in the New Testament, the ecclesia, you know, the called out ones, the gathering together of those in, in, in a locale, you know, like Corinth and Ephesus and Menominee Falls and Shawano, Wisconsin, and wherever else that you go back to your, uh, your assemblies and you meet together in a specific location, together, so you can see one another. And I, I, I told them that, uh, you know, this is what we're doing in Shawano. We're, uh, we're not building a building. We're building uh, an organism, a group of people that gather together for a very specific purpose. And I told them, I said, in the New Testament, if, if you spend time reading the New Testament, you're going to have a hard time finding uh, that the heart of God is not really just set right upon the local church. That in the day and age in which we live, there are many wonderful things that people are seeing happen out in the world today, and many wonderful things that are getting done. But I will tell you this, the most important institution today, if we can say it that way, is the local church. It is the most central piece of God's heart in this day and age. And I am convinced. 
And uh, I want to encourage you today uh, uh, that uh, if we can get right, right off the bat, this is kind of uh, uh, maybe just, maybe for you freshmen, you'll have to get used to the way I talk here a little bit. I don't use good grammar. I don't know math, as you just found out. And uh, <clears throat> um, I, I like to not say things that are, are covered. Okay, so maybe I could just say it this way. Young people, if you are not right with your local church, you are not right with God. If you've got to go home on, on break and you've got to hide from your pastor and you've got to run around and pretend like you're something that you're not, friend, you are, have a big problem not with your pastor, not with your church. You have a big problem with God. And you will struggle through your academics here. And you will struggle with everything because the heart of this ministry and, and the heart of the, uh, of the people who organize and, and pray and work towards everything that's happening in this ministry is to get you to understand that God is working in and through local churches. And you need to be rightly related to your local church. And you say, Pastor Weber, you picked a funny verse to begin to talk about the local church. Well, actually, no, I picked the right verse. See, because today I, I want you to help you to understand uh, that there are things that our God is doing, and God is starting those things from a central place. Note here in our passage, I really wanted to get to this uh, these last end of, of, of verse 8. And uh, uh, church planning, uh, as we consider church planning and the need for this institution to be furthered uh, in our day and age, uh, it has to start somewhere. Note where Jesus says that you're going to get started. In Jerusalem. So let's all go to Jerusalem and start planning churches. <laughs> No, this is your own hometown. Jesus was talking to the, to the disciples. They were gathered together in Jerusalem. And he says, I want you to start here. And then from here, I want you to branch out to the next phase of ministry there, the Judea and all Judea, and then to Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. Uh, but uh, if you were to look at it on a map, there's this ring, and then there's this other ring, and then there's another ring, and then it covers the whole map, if you want to look at it like that way. But church planning starts somewhere. And it starts in your own hometown. So if we're going to start our time together, if I'm going to be a real help to you, I want to help you first off to understand that uh, as young people going into the ministry, you need to be committed to your local church. Um, I had a friend of mine ask me the other day, Brother Weber, uh, you're in the church planning now. You've been at it for a while. What's the hardest thing you faced in church planning? And I had to stop and I had to think, really just for a second, because it came right to mind. It's the people who aren't committed to church. It's the people who, who come into the doors of our church, and, they, and they, they, they mean well, and don't misunderstand what I'm saying, they do mean well, but their heart is not in the right place. And, and it's hard on a pastor when, when people come into the doors of your church and, and they have no desire to be under the authority of the church. They have no desire to be under the teaching of the church. They have no desire to get involved in the church. Uh, they're just there just to, to kind of hold their own opinions, kind of do their own thing. And when they finally get to the point where they're so uncomfortable with your ministry or your leadership, they'll leave. And if they're successful and being used in the way they're being used, they'll take a few people with them. Now I'm just sharing with you some of the things that I've learned. But I've also learned that in a different way. 
And the reason why I'm saying some of these things, young people, is I want to help you to understand that the thing that if you get nothing else from your time here at Baptist College of Ministry, I want you to understand that the heart of pastor and the heart of this ministry is that you go home more committed than ever to the ministry of your local church. You have a great responsibility to go back to your ministries and go back to your pastors and go back to those Sunday school leaders and thank them and praise them for the things that they've done in your life that have gotten you to this point. If you do nothing else in your time here at Baptist College of Ministry than to understand that God's heart is right there in the local church and it doesn't mean uh, that those ministries are perfect or that they're doing everything the right way, but they are right in the heart of God. And I'm burdened for you young people that you would, you would go home and you would find your pastors. And this is one of the things I was excited about, Sam uh, coming back, because he always called me and said, Pastor, I'm so excited. I'm learning some amazing things, and I can't wait to get back to church. <laughs> I can't wait to get back home and see these things happen and, and get with you and talk to you about what God's doing in my heart and my life. And I, I know as a pastor, wow, that's so encouraging. That's exactly what I want to come back to my church. Is that your heart here today? Is that your heart, young people? Are you going to go home and be a help? Are you going to go home and sleep? Are you going to throw away everything that God taught you? Or are you going to embrace everything that God taught you? You're going to go home and you're going to go into your pastor's office and you say, Pastor, I'm here. God taught me something. And the one thing, if nothing else, he taught me is that you're the pastor of this local church and this is where the heart of God is and I want to be a help here. What do you want me to do, Pastor? Can I clean the toilets? Can I vacuum the carpet? Can I wash the windows? Pastor, can we go soul winning together? Can I help you make visits? Pastor, how can I pray for you? Oh my, young people. You want God's smile and God's blessing on your life? Take that small piece of advice with you. And go home and be committed to your local church. So we're talking about uh, Acts 1-8. And if God's going to start a church planning movement, he's got to start it somewhere. Your Jerusalem, your hometown. You see, a, a local church needs to have a, a burden and a plan and, 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 and a vision uh, to do something. I believe every local church has a responsibility to its own town. I think God put a, put a church in a community for the very purpose of reaching that community. Do you know that I believe that in the book of Acts, that in, the, in, you know, in these first seven chapters of the book of Acts, we see God meeting with people for the very purpose of reaching Jerusalem. Don't you agree? Thousands saved, a couple thousand here, a couple more thousand here. They're getting baptized, they're growing, they're gathering together. And uh, God begins to do something pretty amazing in this passage of Scripture, in, in these passages of Scripture. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, there becomes a persecution. And God begins to scatter the believers out of Jerusalem. Okay, but what happened before the scattering or the persecution was a gathering together of believers, and they were reaching their community. Now, I don't know the numbers, really. I haven't studied it that much, but I heard one church planner say it like this, uh, that right before you get to Acts chapter number 8, that there could have been close to a hundred and some thousand people in the church at Jerusalem. Wow, that's a pretty big church. That's a lot to happen in eight chapters of Scripture. 
I always think chapters are you know, as quick as I can read them, you know, about a day or you know, whatever, and I don't know how long it took. Sure, surely some of you theologians would be better than that than me, but I do know this, that a lot was happening in Jerusalem at that time, and you know what was happening? God was doing something there. He was organizing a local church. That's what we see happening in Acts chapter number 2. And then that church was reaching its community. People were getting saved. So much so that even the authorities were finding out what was going on. Did you know that? And they were getting kind of mad about these things. And they were putting people in jail. And then the church was praying. And then people were getting out of jail. And all kinds of amazing things were happening. <clears throat> people need to be committed to their own town to their own church. And their church needs to be committed to reaching their own community. Now, I'm going to get to a point here in just a minute and you're wondering where I'm going with this, but just hang on. Again, I will wander for a while, but I'll eventually fall in line. Are you committed to reaching your own community? Like, when you go home to church, do you just sit back in the pew and watch? I'm not asking if you're committed just to your church, because you should be. Uh, that really should be your reasonable service as a Christian. But my, I'm asking today, do you have a vision for your community? Oh, Pastor Weber, but my pastor just, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm asking about you. Do you have a vision when you go home to implement some of the things that you're learning? Are you going to go home and reproduce your life in the lives of other people? You know what I, uh, the reason why I like listening to and watching some of the videos of the, uh, uh, the, our senior saints, <laughs> I hate to use that word because I'm about to, I watched a video one day about uh, uh, um, a heritage video from Bob Jones University, and there were some men in there who were talking about Bob Jones Sr. and how he loved his preacher voice. And uh, then I began to hear stories as they were going through some of the, the years of these things, and, and they began to talk about how the preacher boys, uh, they were so effective that they began to go into, uh, into uh, on the weekends and on their breaks, they used to go home and they used to preach revival meetings. And not just preach revival meetings, but then on weekends they would go out to communities and they began to evangelize and plant churches. Oh. You mean college students? One more than just a bunch of bookworms? They actually saw churches started? Well, do you, do you think that they you know, had some special programs or they had this big, no. They just went into communities because, here, I'll, I'll help you to understand this. Churches get started through discipleship and soul winning. So <clears throat> really, what I want to encourage you is this, is as you go home on your break, as you consider all that God wants to do in your life, Many of you are planning right now because you had a really crazy uh, first semester, right? Some of you freshmen are like, whoa, I can't even believe what just happened. I, I didn't even know I knew that much about life, and I didn't even know you could get through life on so little sleep. And it works. It happens. But I want to encourage you this. As you get committed to your local church, as you get committed to the things that God wants to do in your own Jerusalem, I want you to understand this. Uh, nothing is going to happen if you don't win souls and disciple them to obey Jesus. And all of that happens through your local church. Now, our vision at our church is really simple. I, I encourage our folks every Sunday morning with this vision. Okay, are you ready? We have to get the gospel to every person in Shano, and we need a church for every town in Wisconsin. What do you think? You know why I say those things? It's because I believe Acts 1-8. 
I believe that Jesus says that he's empowering us to do exactly what our vision is. And young people, the reason why you're in college and the reason why you're learning these things is so that you can go home and live out these things. And not so much that you are independent of anybody, that you are coming uh, under the authority of your local church and then you are harnessing the people there, training them to do the same thing. Your ministry will be absolutely uh, multiplied when you can go home on Christmas break. You can teach one of your friends that uh, you used to fellowship with at church how to use uh, the journal and spend an hour with Jesus and then take them out soul winning so that when you leave and come back to school, he can continue to go. Is that what you're thinking about your break? Because what I'm talking about here is church planning. This is church planning. Do you know what was the most fascinating things in the Bible, especially in the book of Acts, to me about church planning? Is that more average everyday people did it than the apostles did. You say, where is that? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Go to Acts chapter 8 with me, would you? All the way up to, the book, uh, to Acts chapter 8, remember I told you the church is growing, God's adding thousands to the church. We have, uh, 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 you know, uh, amazing things happening, amazing prayers, people getting persecuted, all kinds of amazing things. And here comes this great persecution, right? Acts chapter 8. Here we have the introduction of, uh, of Saul, and Saul of Tarsus, and it says in uh, verse 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which is at Jerusalem. And they were, say the word with me, scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the... Okay, so here's what it looks like. Sunday morning, Pastor James comes into church, expecting to greet an unknown number of people. Well over 7,000. Who's there? Only his staff. Church planning. God was burdened about it. Because the church has already started in Jerusalem. They're already effective in reaching their community. Now God said, I need you guys to get out and do more. So who does he send out? Oh, of course, he sends the trained staff. Oh, no. He sends the people. Do you know why this is an important passage of Scripture? Because this is exactly Ephesians 4.11 happening. This is where the pastor and the apostles and the leadership and, 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 and the staff of the church were equipping and training a church congregation to do the work of the ministry. And God, in his, in his wonderful love for the world around him, said, okay, now let's take the, the saints who do the work of the ministry and let's get them out there and let's let them do it. And I love when we go from Acts chapter 8 and then you find in Acts chapter number 11, you'll find them 300 miles just north of Jerusalem and they're in this town of Antioch. And what are they doing in Antioch? They're preaching the gospel! And what happens? We have another church getting started. <laughs> and it's a wonderful thing. And I think it's pretty amazing, don't you? So well, tell me, what can happen on your break when you go home? with all that you've learned. Can we get some churches started? Can we be more committed to the local church so that God can then thrust out from that church more church planner? I'm getting to a point, and we'll get there in a second, but just hang with me. You need to be some reproducing disciples, young people, 
I'm just so burdened about that. I know it from my own personal weaknesses and failures. It's easy to learn things in college and then go home and forget about them because some of us spend more time sleeping in chapel than we do listening. Some of us spend more time daydreaming in class than we do writing down notes. If there's one thing I could do right now, number one, it would be back up my computer before it crashed. Number two, <laughs> it would have been taking more notes in class than I did. I need to learn more. I, I need to know more. I need to be more equipped for the things that are in front of me. And then, and then I begin to learn some things. And I think, man, maybe I didn't need to learn so much. I just need to obey more. <laughs> and that's what a lot of us in this room need. Again, let's learn some more. And let's get some more knowledge. And let's do some of those things. But friends, let's obey what we know. Because you guys know how to reproduce. You've been trained in soul winning. You know what it's like to transfer life, to get involved in somebody's life, to do something wonderful for somebody else. Multiplication. <clears throat> this is one thing I've learned in my church. And this is the one thing that I think will be a help to your pastor. Over break, if you can do this. If you can bring some new converts into church. Do you know first-generation Christianity brings such life to church? It's so fascinating. You go into a church, and maybe some of you understand what I'm talking about, and you walk in, and uh, maybe it's just a Wisconsin thing, but it's like walking into a funeral home. It's like they left the door to the cooler open, too. It's cold, it's dry, it's dusty, we sing, you know, Almighty fortress is our God. Put our money in the plate, and then we walk out. Because there's no life there. You know where life comes, especially to you know, wake up a lot of those dead people in that church? <laughs> you go home and break and you see some young people saved. Get them in the church. Tell them to bring their NIV, too. <laughs> That'll scare a lot of them. Uh, there's nothing more exciting, especially for a pastor, when you got, you know, these young people sitting in the front and they don't know church etiquette. They don't know that they can't talk during church or that they shouldn't get up three or four times during the service and, and they should not ask questions in the middle of the sermon. <laughs> That's exciting. That's church, my friends. And it all happens in our own Jerusalem. And this can happen in your Jerusalem. When you get committed to the things that God's committed to, when you enter into the heart of God for your community, and these things begin to happen, and first-generation Christianity comes back into that church, and then we can open up the nursery again. I'm sad to hear that so many of our independent Baptist churches don't have nurseries anymore. They don't have kids' programs anymore. They don't have that stuff anymore. Why? Because there's not an, a, a, an infusion of life coming in. Christians who don't know better, who don't know what to do when they get in there, they just think they're having fun because they just found Jesus, and that's the most exciting thing in the world. And I think that's exciting, don't you? I told my friend the other day, I said, uh, I said, you know, our idea is to have some, you know, some regimented church, although there's order in the church, don't get me wrong. But it's not about sitting back and saying, yes, sir, and all this stuff. This is about getting out and winning our community to Christ. This is about on Sunday morning, I want to see coming through the doors of our church people who look like they just walked out of a bar. 
I want to see them coming into church on Sunday morning, sitting down and meeting with Jesus and getting their life changed completely forever. Don't you? I want moms and dads to be coming in, and I want young people who don't know how to sit still, and they're wiggling around, and they're running, and they're falling, and things are happening, and all kinds of madness is breaking out in church. Because we've got all kinds of people who are not used to being there. That's what I want in my church on Sunday morning. And you should too. But none of that's going to happen until we go out. Until we begin to obey. Until we get committed to the things that God's committed to. Now, I want to ask you to embrace one more thing, and then I'm going to finish my time here with you. The things that Jesus was talking about here, and I'm not here to explain Acts 1-8, but I will tell you this, that God was committed to the locale first. And you know, uh, in church planning, one thing I've learned, and, and you may learn this, especially when you first get started, if you don't go soul winning, there is no church on Sunday. That's a funny thing, isn't it? Did you ever think about that thought? If I don't go soul winning this week, and get people to come to church, there will be no church. See, some of us don't even think like that. People come to church. You know, every Sunday morning, you know, they come walking in, and here we are, we're here for church. But I'm thinking, man, we've got to get out, we've got to do something, we've got to see some things happen, we've got to get out and do some visits. And I remember in this last year, there's this thing that God began to put on my heart, it's called the church planning spirit. And the thing we're losing in some of our established churches is a church planning spirit. Where there are no people, there is no church. I don't care how big your building is. And where there, are, there is no soul winning, there are no people. And where are there, no, there are no people, there's no tithing. That affects your pocketbook. How are you going to run your building if you don't have any people? How are people going to get saved and impact this world if we don't go soul winning? How are we going to reach the othermost parts of the world? How are we going to reach the community next door? How are we going to fulfill Acts 1.8? If we can't even reach our own Jerusalem. This is where I wanted to get to. Everybody's worth investing in. Did you know that? I don't care what they smell like. I don't care what they look like. And I don't care where they came from. I think Jesus loves everybody. Don't you? Some of you should be happy Jesus loves you. I'm burdened these days. A lot of us are getting excited for all kinds of things. Some of us are getting really excited for foreign missions. Aren't you? Some of us are getting excited for evangelism. Oh, the wonderful life of plane hopping, driving cars through snowstorms, living in a fifth wheel trailer that breaks down every other mile. The wonderful life of evangelism. But I wonder who's getting excited for church planning. You know, I come here often, I hear a handful of my friends among us 
Pastor, we need to do more for church planning. We're really excited what God's doing up there in Shano. That's kind of like us with missions. We're really excited about what God's doing over there on the other side of the world. Here, let me give you a couple bucks to help it along. Well, who's going to help? You see, the, the book of Acts in Acts chapter number 1 and verse number 8 begins somewhere. It begins in a town, a location with a church. And from there, that church plants another church. And from there, that church sends out men to go out and do what? Church plant. You see, if we're going to reach the uttermost parts of the world as effectively as we think we want to, and I think we should, do you know that there's people in our towns all around the state of Wisconsin that need to get saved and discipled to do so? But if we don't church plant and we don't get out there and we don't reach these people, how are they ever going to get to where Jesus wants them to go? You know, I'm realizing right now that in Shawano, Wisconsin, we've reached some people. I'm thinking of Sam, and you know Sam well. I don't know all that God has for him, but you know that if we, uh, maybe if we had never started Shawano Baptist Church, who knows where Sam would be right now? And I am pleading with you, young people. There are some of you in here today, I think more than a handful, who need to understand that God is calling you to church planning because it is one of the most important things happening in our community and in our world right now. And I am not talking about the other side of the world. I am talking about in our own Jerusalem. We cannot say we are fulfilling the Great Commission if we are not doing it at home. We cannot say that we're doing all that Jesus wants us to do when there are communities, even right around us, right here today. Hundreds of thousands of people who go day in and day out without one word of witness. There are hundreds of thousands of people all around my area that need a local church. And not just a church that sits around and, and plays church, but a church that is church. That's doing the things that we're talking about. That's, that's believing Acts 1.8. That's understanding that God wants to pour out his blessings and send these people out to do all kinds of amazing things. And I am pleading with some of you today. I am pleading with some of you today. Stop messing around with God and get excited about what he wants to do with you and get involved in church planting. Because if you took an honest look at the New Testament, you'd have to say this is exactly where God wants all of us to be. All of us. Say, but I'm just a lady. I can't go church planning. Yes, you can. Go out and win somebody to Jesus and teach them how to obey. Do it. Test God and see what he can do. Now you say, Pastor Weber, I just don't know. I mean, it sounds good for you. You're a type A personality. And you're kind of goofy. People either love you or hate you. No. That's not a personality. It has nothing to do with the personality of young people. It has everything to do with the call of God in your life. And God wants more pastors who are committed to the pastoral role, and he wants more church planners. And we need to get start getting more burdened about what's happening in America. Do you know I believe that God has opened up really a window of blessing for us? I think that God has pulled back a little bit of heaven and shown us that he still is interested in what's happening in America. No, I do not put my trust in a man, and I will not put my trust in a man, but I will put my trust in the God of heaven who has given me a little bit more freedom today and taken away the oppression of culture just a little bit 
to give me a little bit more edge on reaching my community. And I think I've got four years to really harness our, our, our church to point them in the right direction and really get after our community. I'm committed in the next four years to reaching our community so much so that we'll be producing already in the next town over. Now, you say, Pastor Weber, but I'm scared. I can't do that. I can't do what you're doing. I mean, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do these things? Fear is not from God, young people. And you need to get sick and tired of being under the oppression of fear. Acts chapter number 18, Paul tells, uh, 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 Jesus tells Paul, just go. Don't hold your peace. Don't be afraid. I am with you. And if we embrace the heart of God for the local church and we embrace the plan of God to multiply ourselves so much so that churches begin to multiply, because again, that's the pattern. People get saved, disciples multiply, and then according to Acts chapter number 9, what multiplies after that? Churches. And if we embrace this plan, we not only will reach our Jerusalem, we'll reach our Judeas and our Samarias, and we will get to the uttermost parts of the earth right when Jesus wants us to. Fear is not from God. Don't be afraid. Embrace what God's doing in your life. Embrace the call to the church, <laughs> to the local church, and go forward in the power of God because he's with you. Now, I'm going to ask you to do two things here today, and these are it. Number one, I'm asking for all my college student friends, I want you to go home with a heart of genuine trust that no matter what your situation is when you go home, you're going to go to your pastor and you're going to tell him you're committed to the local church because you believe that's God's heart for this day. And you want to serve. Over your break or however long you're going to be there, but you want to serve. I'm with you, pastor. Whatever you need, I am there. I made that decision one day. I went home to my pastor. I said, Pastor, I'm here to serve. And he says, okay, here's the toilet brush. Yes, sir. And I went in and I cleaned the toilet. And you know what? It was awesome. And I will tell you this, and we've got to be done. When you go home and you clean the toilets in your local church, you have God's blessing on your life. And if there's anybody out there who's struggling with how to get involved in church planning, I want you to know you can come to Shano anytime. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that to be serious. I want all of you guys to come. I will help you pastor's here to help. The staff is here to help. I'm sure your pastor will want to help you. But I'm committed to helping and training anybody who wants help and training in church planning. I'm going to share with you one quick story. Do you guys remember my testimony? Got saved out of life, drugs and addiction. God did some pretty amazing things for me, didn't he? Yeah. You know, I just realized the other day why God did such a miracle for me. You always wonder. I always thought, man, what, was there something special about me? Was there something miraculous about my life? No. You see, when I got saved on a, on a Friday night, I went to church on Sunday night at Independent Baptist Church. And when I got there, I listened to preaching. And in that preaching time, I heard the pastor talking to me. Really, Jesus talking to me through that pastor. And he began to tell me to do things, like get rid of this music, get rid of these clothes, start telling your friends about Jesus start dealing with these issues in your life. And every night I made decisions. And then at the end of that meeting, I went to the pastor on Friday night, and I said, Pastor, I need to be discipled. Will you disciple me? And he said, yes, I'll disciple you. And within a couple of weeks, I got baptized. And then from baptism, 
uh, I, I joined the church, I joined the choir, and then I went to Sunday school, and then I went to Sunday evening services and prayer meetings, and I was just trying to find out, is there anything else that we can do here at church? Oh yeah, we go soul winning on Monday nights. I'll be there. You know what I did? Without even realizing what happened, I got committed to the local church. And I believe that today, and no matter what's happening in your life, that when you get committed to the local church, God will do absolute miracles for you. I, it's like the, the Lord turned this light on. It's the church. Getting committed to the heart of God. And when you enter into the heart of God, there is a great amount of blessing. Just like when you read the book of Deuteronomy. Isn't it funny? Moses says, obey my words, and there will be blessing. Obey the words of God and the laws and the commandments, and there will be blessing. Disobey Jesus, and there will be a curse. Friends, church planning starts in Jerusalem. Are you committed to the things that God is committed to? Can we pray? Lord, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray that you would bless now uh, just uh, this simple thought. I pray that you would help some young people here that are making these decisions, uh, that they would make these decisions to embrace the heart of God, to embrace the leadership of their local church, and that, Lord, they would get committed to the things that you're committed to in these days. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Nobody's looking around. You say, Pastor Weber, I've never made the decision to go home and talk to my pastor and get under his leadership. I always thought that I could do things my way. But I'm seeing even today, as you're talking through your testimony, there are some things that God wants to do in my life. And would you pray for me that I would make that decision and that this break would be a break of great victory? Is there any with the uplifted hand? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Amen. You put your hands down. Anyone else? Hey, Pastor Weber, I need to go home and talk to my pastor. There's been something that I have not agreed with him on, and he knows it. And that's not been helpful in my I work in the local church, and I need to talk to my pastor when I get home. Is there anybody like that? You say, Pastor Weber, pray for me. Is there anyone like that? Oh, praise the Lord. You say, Pastor Weber, yes, okay. Pastor Weber, I'm here today. I'm a college student. Or maybe I'm somebody else. But I want to enter into the heart of God for what he's doing in our world, and I need to get involved in church planting. I don't know exactly where God wants to send me, but I do know that it all starts somewhere. And it can start at my local church. And you'd say, Pastor Weber, I want to get involved in church planning. Is there anybody like that? Yes, yes, yes.